0: From the academic skills team at UWS. My name is Linda Riches and I'm one of the Academic Skills Advisors at the University. So today, along with my colleagues Ben Farrer. Hi Ben. Hi. And Dr. Kevin Wilson. Hi hi called you Ben there. Sorry. Hi Kevin. <laughs> We thought we'd have a little blether about software that can really help with your studies. Um, So we'll have a little chat about what's available through UWS, what you can find on the campus um, PCs, and tell you maybe some of the, the different features, the things that we quite like about the technology. And don't worry if you're not a fan of technology. You know, these are all bits of software that are relatively easy to use and maybe worth a little bit of time and effort. And you can always come and speak to us about This technology if you need to. Obviously one of the consequences of the past year or so is that we're all using technology a bit more so we're all using Teams and Zoom and all that kind of thing but maybe students are not aware of some of the software that can actually help them with studying so we were going to have a little focus on read and write and inspiration. So we'll maybe kick off with Read&Write. Kevin, could you maybe explain to people who don't know what that is, never heard of it, what Read&Write is designed to do?
1: Um, it, well, as the clues on the title, um, is, <laughs> uh, well, it helps you to um, improve the quality of, of your of your writing, but also the, the productivity of your, of your reading. Um, it makes you, in theory, become um, you know, more focused and able to kind of read more stuff the best way to think of it is a, it's, a, it's like a toolbar that works within the document that you're working on. So it'll sit up at the top of the screen. There's lots of different buttons which have lots of different functions, which will always apply to the, to the window that you've got open. So you've got a Word document open that you're writing. You can um, you, you can listen back. So the, the, the main function is the, is the read back function. So there's a play button, which basically just plays your work back to you. So that's where you can help yourself to solve mistakes. Missed out words, run on sentences, things that just are, sound grammatically incorrect. You know, the best way to proofread your work is always to hear it read, read aloud. Read it. You can read it aloud yourself, but you know, sometimes if you've been, you know, spending a long time in something or it's late at night and you're trying to proofread, it, it can be really hard to spot the mistakes because it's easy for us to pick ourselves into just reading what we, we hope we wrote rather than what's actually on the page. And mm. the good thing about the software is that will read it. Um, Read exactly what you've got there, and and the, you know, and the way it does it, the, there's different kind of voices you can use uh, depending on what type of, uh, you know, what suits you best. It, it sounds funny, but you know, if you're going to be using it a lot, you can't have a voice that you absolutely best speaking to you over long periods <laughs> of time. have yeah. somebody you're comfortable with, and then you know, that can just be a really great thing to take the quality of your work up just by improving the clarity and and reducing all these kind of silly errors which you might otherwise have have missed out and, and the, the read aloud function will also work in PDF documents and stuff so if you've got if you've got um, journal articles or anything on, on the screen that you want read back to you um, you know people often find that reading along with the computer voice keeps them more focused on what's being said and it saves them having to go back and read sentences or paragraphs again where they've maybe started uh, drifting away or thinking about something else. Yeah so,
0: and I think also on read and write which a lot of students I speak to maybe don't realise, is if you go into the settings area, you can very much customise read and write to exactly what you want. So you can take things off the toolbar that you don't actually need to use. And you can also, you can change the colour, you can change, um, you know, lots of things, how it, it, you know, completes those tasks for you. You can speed the voice up and slow it down. You can change the voice, as you said. So it's very flexible in that sense. And I quite like the way that for something to work, you just click on it and yeah. and it works. Rather, you don't have to, there's not complicated commands or anything, it's just, it sits there on your screen and you can use it quite easily.
1: Yeah, there's no need to go into like, you know, different, I mean, once you've got it all set up, the options, you know, it's just, as you say, a case of clicking a button and it, and it does it. And, um, you know, the, the, there's there's also a function there to check your spelling and, and grammar. Now, the grammar side of it, you know, it always, you, we can never rely, I think we'll talk about this a bit more, you never rely on software to, to take every pro, you know issue away from our writing. Now, the responsibility always lies on us ultimately to make sure it's written well, but the software can something pick up and stuff. Spelling errors is quite good for, uh, it'll pick up on, you know, you've got, you've got a spell checker in Word, which you you will know, help you, but the, the benefit of using the spell checker in uh, Read&Write is it, it gives you a definition of all the words that it's telling you to, that you might use instead. So it gives you just a bit more context when you're making that decision as to what word you want to select. Um, and it'll, you know, the grammar check, the kind of checking your grammar and stuff, will often spot some kind of errors and things uh, and be quite helpful in proving it. But as I said, that side of it, unlike the spelling, which is much easier to spot, the grammar side is not something we can be overly reliant on, uh, or mm. in terms of you know, of kind of having the. the yeah. Stuff.
0: So so that's so that's read and write. So that's you know that's definitely worth checking out because it's quite. It's quite useful just in, you know, for assignments and just for checking assignments. We also wanted to have a little mention of mind mapping. So for anyone that doesn't know Ben, who doesn't know what mind mapping is, can you explain what that is? And can you explain why you might want to use software for that rather than just using pen and paper?
2: Sure. I mean, I I think you know. In terms of mind mapping, it's a visual representation of um, your your knowledge, if you like, and and what goes into your uh, information. Um, you know, you've maybe done them, you know, at at school or at college or just in general life and that kind of thing where you draw like spider graphs or that kind Mm -hmm. of thing, or you have like a cloud in the middle and you sort of draw things off to the side. Um, So the the software that we have um, kind of does that, but it does it online, uh, well, on digital format, um, which is quite good because it means that if you've ever tried to draw a spider graph, unless you're much more organized than I am, what I usually end up finding is I've drawn it to the wrong scale i run out of space i need to put more things in and things get tidier and tinier and tinier so if you do it um digitally you can move things around very very easily everything just kind of sits there and and you know if you need to add more information you can so it'll sort of change um as your sort of plan goes on and the other thing that is worth saying is the 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 software that we have for that um is um a piece philosophical inspiration, uh, which is a very nice piece of mind mapping software. Now I should add um, there is a slight caveat to this which is if you are on Mac inspiration won't work however, you can also get another piece of software, which is called Xmind, um, which does the same thing as Inspiration. It's just we have a license for Inspiration. So, that's on all the campus computers and that kind of thing. Um, but all the things I'm going to tell you are applicable to both those. So, if you're on Mac, you'll want to use Xmind. If you're on Windows, you can use Inspiration. Um, but to say it's a mind mapping software is almost selling it a little bit short because it can actually do all kinds of things. You can build things like flowcharts. You can build things like timelines. You can even make stuff like posters um, and that kind of thing um any kind of visual representation of information you want from basic charts and tables all the way through to really complex uh mind maps um Doing it digitally means that you can add a lot of notes and that kind of thing. So rather than being limited on the amount of information that you can put in, you can actually start writing even chunks of your essay. If you're planning an essay using a mind map, you know, you can Mm -hmm. add notes to things and it'll just sort of hide them away with a little button. Um, But when you press the button, it'll open up and it'll show you the notes. So if you have a heading that's something like, you know, I don't know, like, you know, nursing or something like that, or the role of the nurse or something like that, then you can start writing notes, and uh, quite detailed notes, and you can just keep them in your mind map rather than if you're doing that physically, you'd probably run out of space. Um, the other thing that um, it's very good at doing is you can put anything you want in. So you can put things like images in, mm-hmm. you can put charts, tables, figures, and that kind of thing. And the other thing that it's really great for, and it's actually the thing I probably use it for the most is actually you can keep documents in it. Um, so if you want to keep track of your sources, for instance, if you've got a million PDF documents and you can't remember how they all link together, you can make a mind map and you can kind of go, right. Okay. um, Paragraph one's going to be about, you know, person-centered care. I'm using nursing as my examples today. So, (laughs) uh, Paragraph one is going to be about person-centered care. I've got five essays that are about person-centered care. So what you can do is you can open a little button, you can link to the PDF or you can link to the web page or whatever, and you just save that. And that means that that's then in your mind map. And when you click on that, it'll open the web page or it'll open the PDF and that kind of thing. It's a really good way of keeping track of all your sources and that kind of thing. Um, so, it is mind mapping software, but it's, it's very powerful in terms of the things you can do with it. And also, and I know how sad this sounds, it is genuinely really quite fun to play around (laughs) with because you can, you can do all kinds of stuff with it. And I think you can make it quite visually appealing. So if you're a visual learner in particular, and, and, you know, you, you like that side of things, just have a play around with it and see what it can do. Um, It's a really, really nice piece of software to use. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I think you mentioned Xmind there. And I think Kevin, am I right in thinking it's XMind Eight is what we recommend for using with Macs? That's a little bit easier for people to yeah. use.
1: So with, with, with Inspiration, Inspiration um, will be on all the is on all the campus computers, but students can also download Inspiration to their own devices. Now, as Ben says, it's, it's not available to download to the Macs, um, mm. unfortunately. So if you're downloading it, you download it to your. Um, uh, you'll be downloaded to a Windows computer. If, it's, if you've got a Mac, you'd look into to download XMind. Now, I'm pretty sure this is right, uh, but uh, the, the, there's two versions of XMind. One's XMind 2020, I think it's called, yeah. and one's XMind A. Now, they're both quite similar. The, the one function that I think XMind A allows you to do, and this that the, the 2021 doesn't, is to export your mind map into a, a Word document. And what it will do is take, you know, so if you plan your essay out as a kind of visual image um, with, as Ben said, filling up the kind of the, the paragraphs with the ideas and sources, and then once you're ready to start writing, what you can do is export that mind map into a kind of linear plan in a Word document so that your mind map becomes basically the basis of, of the skeleton of your essay. Mm-hmm. It, the, the most up to date version, I don't think allows you to do that, right? So in a, in that sense, it's not great as an essay planning tool. It's good to sell organise resources, like Ben was saying, or keep, keeping a track of your reading and your sources for stuff. But X Mind Date will allow you to to transfer a uh, a mind map directly, well, not directly into a Word document because you have to transfer, I'm making this sound a lot more complicated than this, but you, if you, in order to export it, you just export it into a text document and then you would just copy and paste that into a Word document. Um, yeah. So yeah. It, it does, I think it's, it's a really crucial function and that's why I would make that that kind of distinction that explained will will allow you to do that. It, it, it kind of bridges the gap between the plan and the writing process because you can really develop a lot of your writing in the mind map format knowing that then you can move from the kind of you know your tree diagram or spider diagram type layout into the you know the the, the written format and if you can't do that export which the, the 2021 doesn't let you do then you're kind of uh restricted and as i said it's not going to export directly to a word document it; it's going to be in a text document and then into uh into then you would just copy and paste the text and a word document but yeah it'll
2: sorry. essentially what what yeah, it, it basically takes your thought bubbles and turns them into bullet points, essentially. Yeah. So it's like yeah. you say, it's quite a nice way of um, of streamlining that that planning to essay process.
0: Yeah. And I think you can get that on um, My Study Bar, can't you, Kevin? XMind?
1: Yes. So My Study Bar is available. Uh, so My Study Bar, you can download. The only thing with My Study Bar is that it doesn't work with Mac either. But you can. So if you're looking to download XMind for your Mac, you'd need to just go straight to the XMind site. And download that but my study bar is a kind a of collection of, of free resources that can kind of help there's another software in my study bar which is a which is text to speech which kind of reads stuff aloud to you it's called Balabolka. so again if you've got a windows computer downloading by my study bar will give you both xmind and Balabolka for your um for your computer and um, mm-hmm. the other the rest of the resources are not great yeah within my study bar but those two are are well worth looking at um, in terms of uh, these functions and you know the, the read aloud thing that we spoke about with Word, if you've not got, uh, sorry the read aloud thing we spoke about with Read&Write, Read&Write if you've not got Read&Write on your, your own computer which most students won't have because it's you know, primarily on, on campus then you might be looking for some kind of replacement for that text-to-speech function so mm. One thing would, for that would be using Balabolka, which is w- within my study bar. And the other, the other thing you can use is, it does, is the immersive reader in, in Office 365, which yeah. you can read read stuff aloud as well. There's lots more software, lots of different software has a read aloud function in it. And if that's what you're interested that's the only thing you're interested in. There's lo- There's quite a few different options. The benefit of Read&Write Go, of Read&Write, is that it brings these other kind of the checks and grammar checks and stuff in it, which can can improve your writing and uh, to, to in, a, in other ways.
0: Yeah, but it sort of brings it all together. One of the things that students mention a lot is, you know, that they want to maybe spell check um, their work more than just using, say, spell checker in, in Word. And a lot of students mention Grammarly. What is the sort of general view on Grammarly and um You know how students should use that. Ben, any any thoughts on that bit of software?
2: Um, yeah. I mean, Grammarly is one of a, a, a range of different softwares that offer various spelling and grammar checkers. So as Kevin mentions, Read&Write's got quite a robust um, system for checking um, spelling and punctuation, that kind of thing. Obviously, Microsoft Word itself has, has its own spell checker and Grammarly is another piece of software that does this. Um, the caveat I have with Grammarly is I do run into students who sort of I think, overestimate its its capabilities. Mm-hmm. Um, Grammarly is quite good for certain things. And particularly one of the nice things about Grammarly is it will tell you what's wrong. It won't just fix it. It'll kind of say, you know, this word's maybe out of place or that kind of thing. Um, the downside with Grammarly is a lot of the tools are behind a paywall. Um, and, you know, we don't necessarily recommend students to... to um, you know, spend their own money on that kind no. of thing, because we, we do offer a range of these software, you know, all the software that we've been talking about thus far, you can access um, just through the university. Um, so, I, I think, you know, if you like Grammarly and, and you enjoy what Grammarly, you know, is capable of, that's fine. It's well worth trying out um, if you're curious. But I will say, you know, we, we said this when we were talking about referencing um, software, and, and I think it bears repeating here, is that um, you are ultimately responsible for the kind of grammar and spelling and that kind of thing in in your own assignments. So, don't come at it with the attitude of, well, I've run it through Grammarly or Mm -hmm. or any of the other pieces of software. And it's like, so it must be right now. Um, Anyone who's spent a day studying, you you know, a language that isn't yours or, you know, linguistics or anything like that will tell you grammar is immensely complicated and human beings can barely wrap their heads around it most of the time. So, you know, a free piece of software is only going to take you so far. Um, so uh, yes, absolutely. You know, have a play around with it, but um, you know, with the word of caution of, you know, make sure that you yourself are sort of aware of of what's going on in your own writing and that kind of thing.
0: Yeah. I think that's yeah. an important point about ultimately it's your responsibility, so you can't hang it all on a bit of software and say, "Well, I checked it with Grammarly, and that's what they yeah. said, so therefore it must it must be right."
2: The software's yeah. designed to make your life a bit easier, yeah. but it, it can't you know go the whole hog.
1: Yeah, yeah that's definitely. true. That's true. And, uh, I, I mean one point I just wanted to add was that I realised as you can tell from my description of exporting a uh, a document from. From my mind, that there is this, you know, this the format of the podcast isn't the best thing for, you know, going you know, going over technology and stuff. And yeah. we're aware that describing software, you know, verbally uh, <laughs> isn't ideal. So what what see this is a is us just kind of giving you know giving you a sense of what might work for you. But stressing that if you're interested at all in these things, a you know going download them, have a play about. You know, you can't you, you cannot break it, right? Mm-hmm. See so if you can, you know, we will have you have kind of guidance videos and documents on the, the academic skills site, but if you want to have a chat about using it, please book an appointment and just see what I talk about, right? Or, or, um, inspiration or whatever, you're, whatever software you're looking at. I mean, I don't see a lot of students who, who, who want to talk about these things, and yet I see a lot of students who would benefit from using them. So, you yeah. know, I'm always really happy when a student comes to see me and asks for me to show them how to use map software, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's,
0: yeah, that's a, that's a good point. That, a about, yeah, we'd like to see, you know, more people chat to us about that. And I know, Ben, that you, to that end, you've been sort of having some digital skills Q&As that you've been running. And what kind of things do you discuss in those
2: So the digital skills Q and A's tend to run the first week of every month. Um, Mm -hmm. So you can come along to them. Um, At the moment you can book onto them through uh, the careers and skills um, page where you would book appointments. There's a bit below that says virtual events and every month there's some kind of digital skills Q and A running. Um, The general way that we do them is for the first half an hour, I'll just run you through some of these pieces of software. Um, It's obviously a lot easier with a visual aid, so we'll have a look through read and write. um, Read&Write is really good as well because it's got a video library um, of all of its features. So if you're trying to work out how to use a specific thing on Read&Write, you can just go through It's in the piece of software itself. You click on the video that you want, and it'll it'll show you how to use whatever feature. Um, we also have a look at Inspiration and usually Xmind as well. And then if there's time, um, we'll maybe have a look at Balabalka or something like that. Um, and then for the second half an hour, it's just complete. Um, you know, free and easy Q and A. You can ask any questions you want about really any software you want. Um, I've had people ask for demos of Grammarly, so we we've, we have gone through Grammarly before, um, or things on um, you know Microsoft Office, Microsoft Word, PowerPoint, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So um, they're really designed to both get you a bit of confidence using these pieces of software, show you what they look like, show you how to use them, um, show you that, you know, they're not going to explode or anything like that. <laughs> um, and also just generally it, it's sometimes useful even if you don't necessarily have questions to come along and see what other people are asking. Because I think with technology, because, you know, to, to some people, it, it almost seems like it comes second nature. There's a sense of like, oh, I can't ask that, you know, I'll look silly or, you know, oh, I suppose everybody must already know that. But actually, quite often the silly question is the one that everybody's sat there going, I better not ask that, you know. But actually, yeah. that's the thing um, that a lot of times people want to know. And I mean, just from talking to you guys about the software and stuff today, you know, I've learned things that it can do. And, you know, it, it's worth sort of... Um, pooling knowledge in, in that kind of way. Um, the thing I will just add um, quickly, because I don't think we've actually mentioned it uh, just yet, is how to access this software quickly. If you are just wanting to have a play around with it, um, everything we're talking about is on the careers and skills site under um, popular tools um, and then the study support tools. So if you just have a look at that, you can download any of the, uh, well, not necessarily download actually, but you can uh, get access to the software um, that we're talking about today. And of course it's all on the campus computers as well.
0: Yeah. yeah, and just to have a little look and sort of see what's what's
1: there. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the one thing I would also add is that, it, in my experience, it we've kind of stressed this thing about play, playing around with the software and seeing if you like it. And, and I think that's there's something really significant there is that if you if you wait until you've got an assignment, you've got something that you're focused on, and you're like, that's the thing you need to keep done, and then you try and and, you know, bring the software in that you're not that familiar with at that moment in time, it, that to never really works it, It's a way of um, complicating, my, sometimes that the software then becomes like uh, another stress. I don't know how this is working. I don't know what's going on. And you just, it's it almost inevitably the software just gets binned and you just go the way you've been going before. So you, to my mind, you're much better. Try to kind of familiarise yourself with the software when you've not got a deadline, when you just play, you've not got pressure of, of something to do. You're just literally seeing how it works, what you can do with it, so that then when you've actually got a task, it's the task you're focused on, and the software is helping you and, and supporting you rather than becoming another concern of, oh, I don't know what I'm doing with this. I'm going to need to go and watch a training video. I'm going, you know. And so it's it's a really good you know, way of working with the software is, is, is in the first instance, you know, try and just familiarise yourself with it. When you when you don't actually have something to do, um, you know, big that you're that's gonna concern you.
0: Yeah. You've I actually think, yeah. got that knowledge there. Yeah I, th- yeah, I think that's a really good point, Kevin, is, you know, don't wait till it becomes an emergency and you're like, oh, yeah. life would have been so much better if I knew how to use this when you could spend a bit of time just getting to know it and then and then using yeah. it. I find sometimes when I talk to students about read and write, they've maybe only used one or two features and then I point out maybe three or four other features that might be useful for them and they're like, oh, I didn't even realise that was there. You know, and it's just like, well, have a, yeah. explore it a little bit more and and see what's there
2: and the other thing i'll just say just on the flip side of that is if you do find you know you're you're having a go at one of these pieces of software and you're just thinking this isn't making my life any easier you know like some people just don't like mind maps and that kind of thing and that sort of thing you know don't feel obligated these are just things that they're meant to make your life easier so if they're not making your life easier then you know you don't have to use them but it is worth getting over that initial hurdle of just at least not being scared of it and knowing that it's there yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. That's,
0: yeah, that's probably a good point to end on. So, yeah, so we would say to anyone, you know, give these bits of software a go, have a little look on careers and skills to see what we're talking about. And I think, as we said, you know, far better to come along and speak to us where we can demonstrate the software um, rather than going by our instructions on a podcast. So, um, yeah, so, so make the most of, of us and, and, and come and speak to us about it. Um, and remember, so you can book that one-to-one appointment with us to talk about, anything academic skills related and to talk us about talk to us about the software for studying and you can book through my day on the careers and skills web pages as always we'd love your comments any feedback on the podcast and if there's a topic you'd like us to have a wee blether about then do please drop a line to skills at uws.ac.uk thanks for listening